Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. So we are back with another episode of Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. Coming at you with an episode, brand new episode of The Stack for Bat Force Radio, where we review the new books for DC Comics. And uh, tonight we're going over the books for uh, March the 21st. Dude, it's already March 21st. Crazy. Yeah. So. uh, It will be March 21st. Exactly. Not March 21st yet. I just recovered from my uh, New Year's hangover. So, <laughs> did yeah. did you uh, you didn't get a uh, not working on the St. Patrick's Day one? No, I dude, like like I'm saying, I had no idea that it was St. Patrick's Day. I went to work and everyone's like wearing green. I'm like, what are you fucking weirdos <laughs> doing? And everyone's like, oh, St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. And I'm like, what the fuck? And like, I look at the calendar, and sure enough, somehow I slept through three months. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> But, I was at the shop, and like, the shop is in the downtown area of the city. Yeah. So we're between uh, the bulk of the bars, the bulk of the bar mm-hmm. scene, and then on the other side of us is a liquor store. Oof. So all day we had people coming in the shop that were already half in the bag, and this was at like, you know, 2, 3 p.m. Yeah, sure. Damn. Well, um, man, I need a drink um, because I am experiencing some of the worst audio difficult technical difficulties. Man, it's been a rough one since the new year for Bat Force Radio with uh, <laughs> recordings being completely erased and just lost. Uh, having it's, an issue, uh, it's, it's it's Russia hacks. Fucking a, man! Like Trump's got to do something about this shit. It's like, uh, oh, man, the amount of episodes that. Have been recorded and lost in time, man. I need Booster Gold to come out here and help us out. But uh, anyways, um, we're fucking plowing through, and we should probably do intros to let you know who you're hearing. But um, coming from Canada, we got Robin D. Cross. Uh, boot. And uh, I am Bad Force Tom over in sunny Southern California. Um, rolling kind of thin tonight, just because uh, it's like I said, you know, after the holidays or after the New Year, or whatever. Three months into this new year, but uh, shit's happening. You know, life happens. Uh, it's St. Paddy's Day uh, as we're recording this. The Trunkler um, is losing his shit as Toys R Us is going belly up as we speak. I thought he was just uh, filling his trunk with green beer. Well, I mean, that's the thing. is like He's trying to fill his trunk with green beer, and then he's also trying to head down the, uh, to Toys R Us to fill his trunk with all the all the goods <laughs> that are that people are just like... Man, like, it's funny because I went down there last week uh, before it was announced, um, before it was confirmed that they're completely shutting all the stores in the U.S. So, 
I walked in, there's like a couple people there, not really anything going on. I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't seem like anything's, the shelves are pretty packed. I'm like, this looks like business as usual. And then about two days ago, they came out with the actual confirmation that it's, it's they're all closing in the U.S. And I'm seeing on social media people fucking posting like big ass lines and the, the shelves are completely empty and there's shit all over the floor. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man. It's like they're getting their asses like run through now. All of a sudden, everyone remembered Toys R Us. And it's funny. I put a little post up on my story of like... <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've never seen so many people go to Toys R Us this weekend. And uh, what's funny is like there's people like that are going to Toys R Us. And you just had this in your shop where they go for the Instagram picture. And like they go in, on, and they go in to take a picture yeah. in front of the store. They go into the aisles and they pick up toys and like they're taking selfies with them, and then they're putting that shit back and like going home and like not buying anything. And it's like, first of all, no fucking wonder they're going out of business. Second of all, that's like going to a funeral for someone that you don't care about, and then taking a selfie with the dead body and be like, "Man, I'm really gonna miss you." <laughs> like, what the fuck? But um, it's crazy, man. Toys R Us is closing. It's just nuts considering the fact that like i think most people that are listening to the podcast are around you know the same age 30 to 40s whatever uh 50s and 60s is usually our demographic um but uh i think everyone can probably say they remember going to toys r us when they were a kid and like picking out a toy and the feeling of going to an actual toy store and that shit is gone so it's just nuts to think about Eventually, uh, it's. I'm sure there's going to be like some novelty stores, and there will there will always be like one or two holding on toy stores in everyone's area or nearby. But as far as big named uh, retail and chain stores, they're fucking done. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know the effect that the internet has had. But it, if there's one silver lining to there being another giant of retail going away it's that it it can only result in more business for mom and pop shops true yeah specialty shops like comic book stores that sell figures and things like that you know they've got to see some uh increase in business without uh without some of these other guys around yeah I i would think so and uh you know, that's the only ones that are going to be like that feeling, like a toy store. Um, it's interesting to see what it's going to do to uh, manufacturers as a whole, kind of like Hasbro, um, Mattel, Kenner, all those people. I wonder, like, now that they have a significant smaller um, amount of stores to put toys into, like, what's going to happen to them? Maybe they'll just go, you know, more online and push that way and they'll survive off Amazon. I don't know. Anyways, um, so there's that, um, but we are going to get into comics, uh, like we mentioned. Um, before we do, once again, want to remind, if we didn't lose that last episode, if I can restore it somehow and put that one out first. Um, <laughs> in that episode, we mentioned how Metal Blade Records and Indie Merch Store are uh, being really cool and helping us out with a giveaway, um, and coinciding with the uh, Dark Knights Metal uh, event that Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder have been putting out. Uh, since the summer, but if you guys want to enter into this free giveaway, all you got to do is uh, email us, tweet us, DM us, uh, your t-shirt size and your favorite metal band, and you're automatically entered. You can enter as many times as you want, 
uh, and you're automatically entered for a giveaway package of uh, some music and some merch from Metal Blade Records, um, the one of the oldest uh, metal record labels uh, in the U.S. And uh, the reason why Metallica is Metallica, they also uh, um, were the ones that signed Cannibal Corpse back in the uh, '90s, and so huge label with very historic um, notes. And uh, yeah, man, they're gonna give us some some free shit to give to you guys. So excited about it! Like I said, DM, email. Or tweet us, uh, t-shirt size, favorite metal band, and we'll go from there. But um, the big talk of the town lately is definitely the uh, current Batman run. And uh, that's what we're going to start with uh, this week. What is the issue number that just came out? Is it 40? Uh, this will be issue number 43 that's, uh, that's dropping. Issue 43. And that's Everybody Loves Ivy Part 2? Uh, this is Part 3. Okay, damn. Um, and uh, the the reason that the Batman story is, or the Batman comic line has been so uh, significant recently is because uh, Tom King's been doing some big things as far as, like, the character and um, uh, basically changing up the uh, history as it goes. But um, obviously, if you guys are following along, Batman and Catwoman are engaged. Uh, it's known information, as, as at least through the Bat family. Um, and in the current run... He's kind of introducing her as his fiance to uh, the Super Friends. And so there was that arc that went by. People lost their shit when uh, Batman almost kissed Wonder Woman a couple issues back. Um, and now the Ivy run, or the Ivy story, the Ivy arc of Tom King's run um, is pumping out. And uh, it was pretty crazy the last couple of issues. It pretty much shows that Ivy has. Um, gotten control of everyone. Did it explain how the hell she did that, by the way? Like, how does she have control uh, of everybody? At least in Gotham. I can't, I don't know if it's the world, but definitely Gotham. She's uh, in control yeah, of everybody. It, uh, it, yeah, it was revealed in the last issue that, uh, if you recall... Uh, food. When, yeah, when Bruce and Selena had left, uh, they went out to the fast food place, which was basically just Bruce's method of testing his theory. That's right. And it was that Ivy was using the food to you know, be able to control anyone who consumed uh, any fruit or vegetables. Vegetables. Um, which I think in a way, that's Tom King attacking vegans and vegetarians. And I won't stand for it. Um, I, won't, I won't allow you, it. I won't you, sound, you sound like Twitter now. Yeah. I, 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 how dare he? Okay. Because vegans and vegetarians are honest, hardworking members of society. They deserve to be held up in high regard and to be honored. And this is absolutely disgusting, what Tom, Tom King is doing. Um, like I said, you know, going to write a strongly worded letter or two, send it straight to him. Uh, hopefully he responds. If not, I'll just keep him writing. We'll go from there. Well, you, can just, you, know, you can just tell him better the next time he's on. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, tell him to his face. But, uh, so that's interesting is that, like, I think, um, you know, there, it's been kind of a wave of, uh, back and forth, whether people are loving the, his run or having issues with it. Uh, what I think is yeah. awesome is just the fact that, like, more people than ever are fucking talking about Batman in the comics. Yeah, um, it's huge. And, uh, there's, there's sort of a pattern of Tom has a certain way of storytelling and it's not a uh, traditional comic style, you know, he, yeah. Instead of having something happen on one page and then having it explained at the end of the issue or something, 
he'll give sort of a a setup explanation for something that's going to happen. Yeah. And a lot of people seem to breeze past the explanation. Like on the last issue, there were people flipping out when they saw Selena take out the flashes. Uh, two or three, I think three, yeah, three uh, the flashes. Yeah. And it was explained on the page previous when we saw Batman take out Superman by you know, whispering really quiet into Selena's ear uh-huh. to get uh, Superman to listen in really, really closely to hear what he was saying. And then he whistled yeah. while he was using super hearing. And after Superman dropped, uh, Bruce explained to Selena that, well, that that wasn't technically Superman. You know, yeah. Clark knows when to listen and when not to. That was the explanation, you know, that that was telling you that while Ivy is controlling all of these all of these superheroes, she doesn't really know how to use their powers. Yeah, it's like it's like so the Bad Force Times. Out Ivy controlled Superman with a whistle because she didn't know. Yeah, you know, when she shouldn't be listening in. It's like that Nash Cat playing Injustice, just button smashing. Like she, <laughs> quote unquote, has control of like the character she's playing with, but like she's just button smashing, right? And like basically trolling kids online doing it that way um at that nash cat on instagram at that nash cat on twitter and um it's kind of that that's how i saw it where she's controlling superman or she's controlling the flashes and like you said she's trying to you know use them and use their powers but it's almost as if you're playing a video game where if you don't know the combos you're just button smashing right yeah or you know if you get i I might have said this uh when we covered the issue it's like if you get behind the wheel of a car the first time and it's a Ferrari or uh, something, and you just put the pedal down, you know, like you, you don't know how to drive it. It's mm-hmm. not going to go well. Yeah. So yeah, this was Ivy. You know, on, on one page we see her using Superman's hearing and it bites her. And then on the very next page, like that was the explanation. And then uh-huh. we see on the next page where she's using the speed force through the three flashes yeah. and she doesn't know how to do it. So she didn't avoid running into fists. It's kind of like like young Ricky Bobby. All he knows is that he wants to go fast. I want to go fast. Yes. But he doesn't exactly know how to do it. You know, he's got to find his chi or his his inner inner <laughs> self. But um, two things. Number one, I think it's fucking hilarious that uh, we're having to like explain or defend like uh, realism in a superhero comic book and. <laughs> people are complaining well that's not realistic like poison ivy wouldn't be able to do that or uh, the catwoman would never be able to take out flash and all this shit and it's like you're reading a superhero fucking comic book like you you kind of have to throw away like reality just opening the first page i think and like allow yourself to just you know read and take it in for what it is instead of constantly looking for what isn't realistic or what wouldn't happen and i think that with tom king um like you mentioned he's not like your traditional comic writer he's not using the characters, he's not using their powers and he's not using their abilities to hold up the story. He's using the story to hold up the story. And these people just so happen to have superpowers. So I think his writing is a lot more about like relationships and um, influence from one character to the other. And they just happen to be like superheroes who live these lives. Kind of like how The Walking Dead isn't really about zombies. You know, it's... Exactly. It's about the characters who are trying to survive, and there's happened to be zombies in the background. That's kind of how I see Tom King's whole run is 
Um, he's got these characters that he's playing with, and they just happen to be superheroes or vigilantes and whatnot. And it's it's showing you, you know, their the difficulties of their lives. They're trying to live their lives while having these roadblocks of being heroes, of having these dual identities and stuff like that. So I think if you kind of ex approach it from that standpoint as a reader, it might be easier. Um, and I think there's also a lot of, um, with any, like, reboot or when there's a change in um, artists or a writer, you're going to get new pe new readers. It's going to bring people in who might have not been caught up before. So um, what I've noticed is a lot of people who are reading uh, Batman right now because it was a good jumping on point to read comics again. And um, like you said, they might be used to a traditional comic book writing style or a hero book writing style. And then they got Tom King right now. And it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is this guy doing? Or, whoa, this is crazy. That's why I like it, though, because we had Snyder. How long did he, was Snyder on Batman for? Like, five, six years? Oh, from two, end of 2010. Oh, man, yeah. Two, when New 52 started. Uh-huh. Uh, until, what, 2016, yeah? At least, maybe... Yeah, 2016, maybe maybe 2017. So, fuck, dude, we had him for, like, six-plus years. Um, I loved I loved most of what he wrote, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I know, though, that he was also a completely different writer, and there was a lot of people that didn't like his style. So imagine having a writer whose style that doesn't really speak to you for six fucking years or plus that. Um that's brutal. So I think it's cool that, uh, I mean, it's not brutal for me. Like you said, most of us love Snyder. He's a, uh, a result of reading Morrison, um, which we yeah. also love. So I think we got pampered in that sense. But there's a lot of people who, um, they just weren't used to his style. And then uh, Tom King is the complete opposite, where he's just quick, fast-paced, witty, funny, sometimes silly and quirky. Uh, yeah. Completely different than, Tom, than uh, Scott Snyder. Again, and I think it's like super refreshing and awesome. And I love the fact that like the arcs that he's writing, um, they are like linear as far as plot, and they they intertwine with itself. But at the same time, they feel so much different than like like this 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 Ivy arc feels way different than War of Jokes and Riddles. It feels way different than Super Friends. Uh, it's way different than I Am Gotham and I Am Suicide. You know, and I Am Bane. So it's like I never know what to expect with Tom King, which I love. Because I don't like feeling um, like it's the same thing over and over again. I don't like feeling like I'm reading the same book and I've already read this issue, or you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so and, I uh, all all of his arcs. Uh, if you think right back to the beginning, the his very first his very first issue, uh, I am Gotham. That you know introduced those new characters who ended up being a part of the whole uh, psycho pirate and Bane thing, which was, you know, I am suicide and I am Bane. And that all tied in because, you know, he, he used Selena there uh, for the plan to take down Bane. And then having Selena, uh, you know, having taken Selena out of jail to help with his plan led to them being together and the proposal and, you know, going about clearing her name for what she'd been in jail for up to, you know, so all of these story arcs, it's almost like they were single issues <coughs> of, <coughs> Excuse of, me. Know, of the same story. You know, it's, it's 
it, it it's it's all been one story uh yeah going right back from the beginning so you know it's not just standalone arcs you can read the arcs on their own but it, he's been building one bit and uh it is refreshing like you said having a, a change of pace and it, he's very different in that you'll get full-ish dialogue yeah you know b- between you know it'll jump back and forth between these two characters and then these three characters and th- these characters and it's just you know dialogue yeah that's up you know the the thing that's going to happen in the next issue and none of them are filler issues either you know so sometimes you get writers that will do uh, a filler issue in, in between where things are happening but everything that happens is is part of what's coming next yeah um so kind of jumping back into going off of that jumping on to this uh issue it is basically uh kind of a culmination and they call back a little bit to war of jokes and riddles more so than they have been um, in the fact that in this situation or in this story, Ivy has come from uh, a little bit of a recent history where um, she was part of the Riddler's gang during the War of Jokes and Riddles, and she's feeling very guilty about the things that she did uh, under him, which essentially was murdering, was it four people? Uh, yeah, four or five, uh, yeah. I think it was. So she murked some, she murked some fools in the park, uh, kind of gangster style. And she's very much plagued by that and uh, feeling guilty, feeling like she needs to redeem herself. And obviously, she's poison ivy. She's a little fucking crazy. So she's not going to do it in the most sane way. And uh, what she decides she wants to do is save the world and save the world from itself. So she just decides to fucking mind control everyone um, to keep them from killing the earth and killing themselves and all that kind of thing. Um, And in a way, she... The only people that she doesn't control are Batman and Catwoman, um, and that's a bad idea. If you, if you have the opportunity to control Batman, you should probably go for it. Well, like, well, if if you remember to the first issue, uh, she did attempt to control them, but uh, Bruce had woken up in the middle of the night when he felt, you know, like it it started happening. That's him. right. You're right. And, and he, he yeah. wandered out. Yeah, he was wandering out through the house, and, and he fucking he socks up, Alfred. Uh, yeah, knocked him the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he, he felt that, that things were wrong That's right. and he got down to the cave and then Selena came down Yeah. and she was starting to be controlled too. Yeah. And he inoculated both of them. That's right. Okay. That was the first issue of the, th- of the three of the three. Yeah. And then, um, as time is, go- as time is going on, that's what, what I love about Tom King too, is that, um, you don't know where he's going with it and you don't always, Oh man, he's just like doing, uh, this story about, um, ivy or whatever but he's also peppering in the detective work too so batman's doing detective work the entire arc and like you mentioned he's doing his research and he figures out the way that ivy's controlling everybody is through the food so um once they figure that out that's kind of the uh the the way he understands how she's controlling everyone was it last issue where he sets up that he's gonna allow himself to get knocked the fuck out by superman yeah that was in the last issue holy shit yeah if you guys haven't read that issue uh, take a little peek at the issue where uh, Batman gets knocked the fuck out by Superman, and uh, of course, like like people say, like oh, that would have killed him. You know, it would. He, he did fucking spoilers, but he did get fucking killed, and uh, he did uh, he did deads, and so it's. But what's great is the art showing what an, a punch from. And it's not a hundred percent either, but what a punch from a Ivy controlled Superman would look like to the face of Batman 
slash Bruce Wayne. Um, and it was yeah, just absolutely caved brutal. in his head and killed him. Yeah. And uh, all a part of his master plan, that sick fuck, um, in an effort to get to where we are in this issue, which is, at the end of the last one, was super awesome. If you're a Harley Quinn fan, and if you're like a Harley Quinn, like an OG Harley Quinn fan, and you feel like uh, the current run of Harley Quinn is not respectful or um, giving full credit to um, how smart Harley Quinn actually is and how educated she actually is, Tom King saves you right there by... Uh, bringing all that back into perspective and making her the key. Yeah, he, she has a big yeah, fucking role. Yeah, and it was a perfect way to bring her in. He he gave her... Her purpose for being brought in was the fact that she's a genius doctor. Yeah. So, yeah, this ties right back to all that. You know, like One of the things that Tom does is he'll do things... You'll see, you know, sometimes it's it's Bruce doing something that looks silly like when you see them go to a fast food restaurant like okay this is goofy why why are they going to why are they going out to this fast food place to eat that's that's silly why is batman going to a restaurant yeah but it was for a reason and the same thing we saw we saw when uh, ivy showed up and it's confirmed with what happens in this issue that when he coerced ivy into you know injuring him did like horribly injuring him maybe he didn't expect to die <laughs> he wasn't maybe planning to be to be murdered yeah but he coaxed ivy into you know through through superman uh requiring him to need medical attention yeah because he he figured okay well what's ivy's weakness going to be you know she's controlling everyone in the world how can I get around that? Well, yeah. if there's anyone that she's not going to be have completely buried under her control, it'll be the the one human being she has a soft spot for, and that's Harley. Okay, how can I get how can I get to Harley? Well, I'm gonna have to require that I need a doctor. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it also kind of. Um connects Ivy back to um, Harley as far as their, you know, friendship connection with uh, their roles as Gotham City Sirens, too. So that was cool to see for uh, Tom King to kind of throw in there as well. Um, so, I mean, it's really cool. Like, the fact that it's a Batman book, but we got Harley Quinn, we got Poison Ivy, Catwoman, Riddler, there was Joker. Uh, it's just really cool that he's tossing all these characters as Superman, Wonder Woman, um, the fucking Green Lanterns were in the last one, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, so we're getting, like, a nice little, uh, lineup of heroes in the Batman main, uh, storyline. Um. It, it took me a minute to catch on to who that was in this one, you know, when that first shot that you see of them standing in the room from above, I thought, what is that Shazam? Like, what? <laughs> Tell her, oh, it's the new Superman, okay. Yeah, the, literally new Superman, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, so it's cool how like Tom King is incorporating the 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 current roster of the DC universe into his own uh, uh, book, and I know that's something that um, Snyder was wary of himself. Um, mm-hmm. He mentioned a couple times uh, talking to us that uh, he didn't have a, a comfort level sometimes with some of the characters uh, of the DC universe, or other times he wanted to allow the other characters who are or the other writers who are writing those characters to not touch them so he wouldn't have to worry about 
like contaminating their stories or whatever. But that's something that Tom King has been like actively doing is just seeing what characters he can kind of bring into uh, his story. And what's jumping ahead a little bit, uh, he's mentioned on Twitter that he's bringing fucking Booster Gold in um, to Batman, yeah. which is going to be cool coming up. He was in Action Comics recently, which was so badass. That whole arc of the time travel with Krypton and Jor-El and all that, um, that was badass. So it's cool that they're bringing him back into the Batman uh, storyline. So, um, and, and also in that, in that picture that he posted, uh, I think it's Mikkel Jannon's art of, uh, of Booster Gold. Uh, we were talking about this before recording, uh, that there's a reflection in Booster's goggles. That's right, and yeah. it's, it's definitely a Green Lantern, and it looks like it's probably Kyle Rayner. Which is also cool, as as he wrote him in part of Omega Men. So, yeah, man, some cool stuff. Um, so yeah, so he's bringing Harley in as a big fucking key to this whole issue, basically as a way to crack Ivy, and um, to use Harley Quinn as the means of cracking through Poison Ivy to relinquish um, control of her for as long as he can get. Um, to then, I guess, allow himself to fucking take over, basically, and um, end this little shindig. And I think uh, a big thing that uh, I think Charles is very happy about is the fact that um, Batman is kind of giving a little bit of redemption to the Poison Ivy character um, and explaining that he understands that she didn't do this out of being a bad person, um, just the means in which she did it were not the best. So he kind of reinforces the fact like, hey, I know what you're trying to do. I understand you're trying to save the world, but this isn't the way to do it. Um, I know Charles is very happy to hear about that. Um, so <laughs> we're happy for him as well. And it's something that we've been asking for for a while, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken myself. Um, but yeah, man, so I think this is a cool. this was a cool little arc. This was a cool issue. The art was awesome. Um I think we mentioned it before, we don't really usually like when art jumps around, but Tom King has been using great artists, so it's always cool to see the different styles and the different arcs, and uh, this one was no different. Um, I'm excited to see what, uh, so is this the last Ivy issue then? Yeah, this was the end of this, and now we're uh, leading into issue 44, which is uh, the wedding planning, basically. <laughs> Uh, and that's the issue that we're getting two different covers for. There's the Mikkel Jannon cover uh, with Bruce in his suit standing in front of the oh, mirror. Right. And he's reflected as Batman. And then a Joel Jones cover where Selina is standing in, in her dress in front of a mirror and reflected as Catwoman. Very cool. And is it issue 45 uh, that brings Joker in? Uh, it may be... Oh, Tony Daniel takes or over at 45, doesn't he? That? Uh, that might be it. Uh, That's what I don't it know was. if we're seeing Joker before, um... The special comic book day issue. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, that's what it was. So I knew something was going on in issue 40, 45, and it's, uh... Uh, Tony Daniel is gonna take over as the ongoing artist. Or at least, you know, he'll be doing a chunk of the work and maybe taking a break and then coming back and forth, but... Um... Another one of the artists that we that we like and that we've seen him do Batman stuff that we uh, and he's been getting better over time since the last time he probably worked on Batman. Um, so it's cool to see that. I think everyone really liked the cover that he put out that uh, they were throwing around and sh shopping around. I don't think any of us, uh, even though some of us, you know, some of us like Tony Daniel, some of us are whatever about him. I've always liked him. I've always liked his style. 
um, especially in the uh, was it the detective comics or was it what did he do in New Fifty Two? Was it Detective, the first kind of arc of Detective uh, where he it's where yeah yeah he, yeah he 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 did for sure that first issue with Joker yeah where Joker gets his fucking face cut off. Yeah, by Dollmaker. Yes, and so that, then uh, didn't show up again for uh, for over a year. Yeah, so that was a sick arc. That I mean, that was the first issue I think where the very end of it ends with Joker's face sliced off and uh, like stuck on the walls. That was brutal. Um, and uh, he's coming on to Batman Forty Five, and then also like we were talking the the new comic book day special. Um, Joker eventually is going to come in and try to spoil the fun of the Batman Catwoman wedding. And then we even got more solicitations for one shots coming from, is it Tim Seeley who's, who's doing those five issues? I don't even remember. I think it's, so they solicited something coming out in the future where, um, it's around the time of the wedding or it's leading up to the wedding and Tim Seeley, I think is writing, it's going to be a, a Damien book where he's fighting Roz um, a Harley Quinn book where she's fighting ooh, Joker, um, a uh, Red Hood book where he's fighting Hush, and I think Batgirl, and she's fighting, ooh, is it Talia or somebody else? But uh, there's like a four or five issue uh, sets of one shots that I think Celie's doing with different artists, and it's all going to be like kind of like... Um, Different villains trying to fuck up the wedding kind of thing. And it looks pretty interesting. Um, I know someone was like, hey, how come it seems like they're doing all the Robins except for Tim Drake? Like, why aren't they doing a book for him? My thing was, I bet you Harley's going to sell more than a Tim Drake book. So they're probably going that route. Or Tim Drake might be like a bigger character in one of those books. Or he might be lost in fucking time because he's been jumping around in time too. So maybe he's not And uh, Tim... Uh, I, I think you're right. I, the point you made about uh, Harley selling more issues. Uh, for some reason, Tim has never been a draw in comics. Yeah. For as much as he's known in you know, like animated mediums and things like that, uh, he's one of those few characters whose first appearance comic is worth just about nothing. <laughs> like if. If you look at the value of, of his first appearance, like you can probably grab that book for like five dollars. Wow. And it's it's already eclipsed in value by like first appearance of Stephanie Brown and first appearance of, of Cassandra Cain. Yeah. Like th- those are both right I think even the first appearance of Ventriloquist is uh, is worth more than first Tim Drake. It's yeah. a Poor guy. bizarre thing. No one gives a shit about yeah. him. No respect. Yeah, I mean, if you put if you put a Tim Drake book on the rack next to a Harley Quinn book on the rack, I 100% Harley Quinn's going to sell two to three times more just because she's in the book because um, she's so huge. Uh, but yeah, man, it's... Uh, um, I think Dick... That's right. Uh, Nightwing is fighting Hush. I don't remember who Jason Todd's fighting, Red, Red Hood, but um, all the Robins except for Tim are going to be in their own little thing and they switched out um, uh, Harley for Tim and, uh, yeah, I think even, like, when he's the main character of a book, it's only Teen Titans, usually. I don't think he ever... Did, was it Tim that got his own Robin title? It might have been. Uh, yeah, Tim... Tim did have, uh, have that Robin, uh, run that, uh, began towards the end of Nightfall. Okay, that's right, yeah. Um... Is that what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, and then that's when, uh, Neil Adams, like, redesigned his suit and shit. They like, took they took away the uh-huh. he took away the the little spandex uh, underwear and he kind of gave him more of like uh, 
he took away the bike shorts and gave him like the long johns. I think is what it yeah. was. And he made him like uh, less that like. That happened before that though. Uh, I feel like that was earlier than that. Hmm. The Neil well, Adams one. Anyway, uh, ultimate ultimate disrespect to Tim Drake for not giving him a no one shot book. But who gives a shit? Um, the thing is, is like I think it's it's still interesting that uh, this whole wedding thing is being pushed because from what it looks like, all everything's pointing to that it's going to happen. It's going to it's going to be a thing. They're making a, a wedding album. Is it so? I don't understand this. I saw solicitations that uh, they're making a wedding album. DC is like literally making a wedding album. I don't know if it's an issue or if it's like going to be its own little collectible where it's. Uh, just different artists doing maybe different pictures of what it what the photographs might be at the wedding, but uh, what a genius way to make money off of not even writing a real comic, <laughs> I think. Um, because everyone on yeah, it, like if if you look back, there there have been wedding issues for like uh, Superman and Lois, uh, for Peter and MJ. So yeah, it's a it's been a, sort of a thing that's gone on for a while. Yeah, and it's pretty cool that. Um, the way I kind of see it is like they came out with that hardcover book of the just the cover art for all the variants for Dark Knight Three, and like at first I was like, "Who the fuck's gonna buy that?" But then I, I cracked it open and looked at it. I'm like, "All right, this is fucking awesome." So I got it yeah. because it's so cool. It's like a little coffee book. Yeah, with I all got these, it too. It's an amazing little book. So this is the same thing. It's like uh, there's a lot of people that love Catwoman. A lot of people that love Batman. Even more people love them together, and they're really tugging at. I mean, who doesn't love a wedding? Right, I think that's what they're doing. <laughs> so a wedding is just a great opportunity, you know, for for many different reasons to do many different things. And uh, the fact that DC is just playing it up uh, and and doing this like a wedding album, it's kind of fucking cool. Um, and like I said, man, it's just a great way of advertising the the book and also making some more money on the side. Um, it's crazy, man. I didn't think Tom King... I was, like, always wondering, like, what's Tom King's legacy going to be? Or as a writer in the scope of Batman, like, I wonder if he's going to be as big of an impact as... Because uh, Snyder came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. And just fucking yeah, and knocked you're like it. Start, starting right off with Court of Owls, like, that's something that as soon as people read that Court of Owls story, the Court of Owls just became that... There, that's that's a permanent fixture of the Batman mythos now. Like yeah. People latched on to that, and, yeah. and it's immediately right there. You know, more so than any of the other characters that uh, you know he created, Mister Bloom as well. And you know, it was never latched onto uh, to the extent that that the Court of Owls was. Dude, the Gotham has done like the the show Gotham has taken basically almost everything yeah. that Snyder's already done. I'm just waiting for a. For Jim Gordon uh, on the show to put on a bat suit already, or put on a fucking mech suit, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's kind of cool to see. I think um, Snyder, I'm sorry, Tom King has been more of like a slow burn, uh, where it took people a while to kind of catch on to the first couple of arcs with "I Am Suicide" or "I Am Gotham," "I Am Suicide," "I Am Bane." But once he brought Catwoman in. It seems like he just fucking skyrocketed into the mainstream as far as uh, Batman writer. I mean, like he was the writer that was yeah, writing like the, that. That go ahead. I think you were going to say the same thing I was. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say that that proposal issue, the week that came out, Jimmy Fallon talked yeah, about it exactly. His monologue on his show, yeah. on what, the the night show or whatever. It was yeah, like, Tonight Show. His monologue on the the late night talk show that. Um, 
how many millions of people watch that every night? Jimmy yeah. Fallon talked about a Batman comic that was coming out that week. That's that's insane. I think that uh, Jeff John, yeah. talked about on TV shows. I think Jeff Johns even was on like the Today Show and talking about it. Um, it was in the fucking news. Like it was on morning news. The Jeff Johns went on like Today or Good Morning America and talked about it. I saw there was like a Jim Lee interview in the in the mass media. Um, so basically, DC just I, pushing their liberal agenda. I, I wanted to see Dan DiDio on, uh, on Jimmy <laughs> So basically, about. we got this guy, right? We got this guy, Top Cake, okay? So he comes to the office one day, and he says, Hey, Dan, I want to make Batman marry Catwoman. I tell him, Tom, you can't do that, all right? Both of them, uh, one's a vigilante, okay? The other one's a criminal. <laughs> you want to marry him? <laughs> no way, not going to happen. And, you know, the whole genius aspect of Batman is that eventually he can never give his heart to just one person, okay? If he's going to give his heart to a person, he can be Gotham. Gotham, okay? <laughs> Oh man! You, you know, every time I bring up Dan DiDio, it's just to get that right. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy to oblige, but uh, yeah, it, dude, like, like, so as Batman comics are hitting like this apex in mainstream again, um, I think the last time something like this happened was when Damien died, which was like four or five years ago, maybe more. So, so that was Grant Morrison. So he's fucking in the news now, just like Grant Morrison was back then, and. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's nuts. And I th- he didn't have to fucking kill anybody. <laughs> exactly. All he had to do was just fucking put a ring on it. But um, <laughs> it's just crazy, man. I, I didn't, I did not see Tom King like blowing up this much at the time, just because I was like, oh, there's yeah. no way that like you know Snyder kind of caught lightning in a bottle, even with getting uh, Capullo on the art. And I was like, man, they're gonna have to like actually when they announced. Um, uh, uh, David Finch as the art I was like oh shit alright well now they're not playing like they know that if they can't <laughs> yeah. get him with the writer they're going to get him with the art um, and you know obviously we would have loved to have seen uh, David Finch stay on and do uh, more Batman art uh, kind of a bummer that he went off when he did but um, you can't say that uh, you know that the uh, current run doesn't also look amazing like the art that being kind of done with the artists that uh, Tom King is kind of introducing to the masses. Um, good for them, man, because the art looks fucking great. Yeah, yeah everything. Uh, you know, this uh, switching art, uh, switching artists with each arc has been great because he's been, we've, we're getting all these artists who haven't done Batman before, you know, yeah. Joel Jones, uh, Lee Weeks, and like Lee Weeks is doing the best work he's ever done, just like David Finch uh, on that on the arcs that he was doing for the early part of Rebirth, I think that's some of the best work Dave has ever done. Yeah, yeah. It finally given the opportunity to kind of stretch his legs out and lay it all down. Dude, when was the and, last uh, time that... that... For, for, anyone, uh, for anyone disappointed uh, not seeing Dave's work anymore, uh, one, he's, doing, uh, he's currently doing some Flash variants, but he also has another big, big thing that uh, isn't announced yet. Uh, that should be coming pretty soon. He's he's doing some work with uh, someone who's kind of a giant name in comics. Oh man, he's gonna do Jungle Fantasy next. Uh, he is. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's but, uh, gonna, yeah, just 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 wait. Everyone's gonna Google Jungle Jungle Fantasy, and we do not have we do not <laughs> hold any responsibility for that. Don't Jungle Google Fan or don't Jungle Google Fantasy. Don't Google Jungle Fantasy. Okay, especially oh god, we're probably gonna have to edit this uh, out no, for all the young. You know, if you Google Jungle Fantasy, uh, clear your browser history before your mom uses the computer. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. 
Anyways, don't um, don't don't Google that at school. No, you know, no, 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 no. It at the... no. Do it in church. There you go. Show your priest. Show your pastor. But um, uh, getting back to it, uh, dude, we just talked for forty-five minutes about fucking one Batman issue. Um, this is why we can't have nice things. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is why it's ha- so hard to get a- getting to any other issue of any other fucking comic because, especially if it's like White Knight or Batman, like we could talk on like two hours about that stuff or or metal. Forget about it. Yeah. Um, what do you want to talk about next? Should we do? Uh... Uh, I wanna I wanna talk a little bit. Uh, I don't think you've read it yet, but. Uh... The second issue of Liam Sharp's Brave and the Bold Batman and Wonder Woman yeah. uh, also comes out this week. I've been wanting to read this, and I just uh, I missed the first issue, and so I didn't want to hop on to the second one without reading the first. But it looked, the art looks fucking cool. The art is fantastic. Uh, I, I love Liam's art in this, and it's it feels oftentimes like old neil adams stuff that's yeah i kind of got that like flipping through it a little bit yeah like particularly in this second issue there there are things like wow that's that's a neil adams page yeah so is it the are they like uh so i noticed this is good for people who aren't reading it too it's a uh, brave and the bold uh six issue mini yes yes six issue uh batman wonder woman story and so it's basically a combination of uh, Batman Wonder Woman with Celtic mythology. Very cool. And it's uh, the art for the mythology stuff looks like old fantasy comics. Cool. You know, like Lord of the Rings, like, you know, sword and sorcery style fantasy comics. Yeah. That, like, you know, like. We used to get like books like Excalibur and stuff like that. It it has that kind of feel, and you just you don't see that in uh, comics from you know the, the, from the big two. Yeah, uh, very often that's it's usually more of something that you'll if you'll see it anywhere it'll be the indie stuff. But uh, it, it's very much that style in this. Mm, nice. It uh, yeah, the art looks fantastic. The story is uh, are, is it like jumping around two different dimensions, or is it jumping around in time? Uh, yeah, it's it's going through uh, like one story is Batman and Gotham investigating uh, something bizarre that he sees happening in the Irish area of Gotham, hmm. where all of the people are just sort of frozen almost in place like they're only moving you know in in a very small area and that they look like they're in a trance yeah so he had gone there to uh, to investigate that and it ends up happening to him you know he he gets put into this trance and uh he's like this living a nightmare basically and you know had to have uh like alfred was talking him out of it because alfred can see him on the camera that, you know, he's, he's just standing there and, uh, you know, tells him that, you know, what, whatever you're seeing, it's not real. You know, you, you can walk out of there and he helps him walk out of it. So it's, that's one side of it. And the other side is in the, in the, this mythological world, uh, Wonder Woman has been brought in to, uh, sort of keep peace between these two races uh, that are, they've been stuck for thousands of years away from the world of men. Uh, so 
you know, something that Wonder Woman knows a lot about coming from, uh, mm. from a land that is separated from the world of men. Uh, so basically she got there just as the king of, of this place had been murdered mm. and someone had, uh, you know, whoever was found with the body was being, uh, accused of the crime. And this issue sort of dashed, uh, a thought that I had might be the situation. Uh, what I was thinking might have been the case was because it was set up with these people in Gotham were, you know, kind of frozen in place. I thought that maybe what was happening was that these people were frozen in place because they were sort of like the representations of the people we were seeing in this myth world. Like, you know, it was all, you know, sort of a, a dreamscape, you know, not really happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that was dashed. I was, I was just fucking wrong on that. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't know yet why these people are there, but uh, Wonder Woman had been uh, had been brought in there to help keep beast between the two the two sides, and now uh, she had kept someone from just being blamed for murdering this king because they were found there with the body, like they were the first ones to uh, to find the body, mm-hmm. so they were being blamed for it. So she says, "No, we we need a trial. There has to be a proper trial and an investigation." Yeah. And I know someone who can help. Johnny Cochran. And cut to, you know, she uh, she goes to Batman and is asking if, if he can come help and investigate. Ah, world's greatest detective. Very nice. Indeed. Yeah. Um, so where's, uh, where but, are uh, we? You know, wh- whether, whether, uh, whether you're going into this for the story or for the art, e- either one, you know, both yeah. are... are great reasons to check this out this was also one of the reasons why uh people started freaking out about uh, uh wonder bat too right when this was originally announced this uh this issue or this this um this miniseries yeah it, yeah, it that may have contributed to it too yeah because there there wasn't there had been an announcement that there was a batman wonder woman uh story coming yeah and i think when people saw uh, you know what they thought they saw in uh super friends in tongue and you know i think maybe it led people to yeah, yeah. it led maybe people to believe that oh, there there's more happening here they're gonna bump uglies but it was unreal yeah <laughs> ten toes up ten toes down <laughs> yeah yeah so it i mean uh it looks fucking badass so if you're a wonder woman fan um or a batman fan or both it definitely is a cool title to pick up and i just like the fact that they kind of are um, reintroducing the Brave and the Bold uh, title a little bit um, would be cool to see yeah, it as even an... though you know it's it's not an ongoing like it was yeah. before. You know, uh, for anyone that hasn't been uh, into comics long enough, Brave and the Bold was an ongoing series, and it would do um, you know two, three, sometimes like five issue stories with you know a particular pairing of characters, sometimes just a one shot even. Yeah. And then that story would conclude, and it would move on, on to you know a, a, another story with with different characters. So you know you would get in Black Canary or Batman and Green Arrow, and you know just and then other characters. You know it wasn't always Batman. Yeah, it was super super cool. And for a while, um, was it uh, Brave and the Bold, uh, Green Lantern, and Flash? Or it was I think there was like there were so many different ones, but they had one for a while where it was like Batman, Green Arrow, Flash, and Green Lantern. Um, where they kept appearing for a bit, like for for 
for a while. Like the different volumes kind of carried uh, the different uh, team, and that was fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, they just came out uh, last year with an omnibus of uh, the Golden Age. Is it Golden Age of Brave and Bold and uh, some really old school Batman Brave and the Bold uh, uh, issues with some awesome fucking characters that like are seldom used anymore. Or, you know, um, they actually, like, never interact with Batman anymore. But it just, it's really awesome to see them uh, in that context working alongside with each other. And um, that's why I liked it. You know, I knew that when this was coming out, I was interested in reading it. So, uh, who's the artist again? Uh, on Brave and the Bold, it's, yeah. uh, it's Liam Sharp is doing the writing and the art. Oh, nice. Very cool. So, he's got total control of this thing, basically. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's he de- decided to Sean Murphy this shit. Very nice. Nice. Um, and it's six issues. This is the second one you said? Yeah. So perfect time for people to jump on if they haven't already. And this is going to be a little bit, this is going to yeah, be a trade too. If you want to trade, wait it. It's going to yeah. be a nice little uh, six issue trade. Maybe a little hardcover. I don't know. I don't like how they haven't but, been uh, doing uh, many hardcovers though for uh, for the new stuff lately. It's kind of weird. So you're cutting out. I'm missing a lot of what you're saying. Oh, sorry. Doing that poor network connection thing again. No God damn it. Um, I was saying that... Uh, uh, it went away, so maybe you hear me better now. Um, I was saying that uh, it's... Oh, God damn it, what was I saying? There goes the fucking mind. Jesus, God, I gotta lay off the uh, smoke in the doinks. Holy shit. Uh, something about... Some, it was something about uh, when books come to trade paperback. I, I assumed that you were probably getting at uh, oh. about hardcovers or something. Yeah, like, uh, they've been really weird about hardcovers uh, with the new stuff since Rebirth. They haven't really been putting every... It sounded like with New 52, they did a lot of hardcover first and then softcover, which was awesome. But now they're only doing hardcovers for, like, the main, main titles. And they're just... Maybe it's just cheaper to do it, I'm assuming. Um, rather well, than... I, I, I think this way is more... Uh, buyer friendly because what what the model used to be is you know, release the book as a hardcover and you could, which is the more expensive format mm-hmm. and leave it for you know maybe six months where it's just a hardcover of that for that story yeah and people as possible to to buy that hardcover and then release it as a trade paperback for the people that weren't going to to spend that money yeah I guess you're right yeah but uh, this way we we kind of get the trade paperback nice and quick yeah and then it looks like in the kind of uh collect a couple trade paperbacks and put them into a deluxe edition hardcover kind of thing mm. yeah so i guess if, if somebody is a trade waiter and doesn't want to spend a lot of money it's it's a good thing for them um so yeah, there you go um there are there are other things too like uh if you remember the button uh that was two issues of batman and two issues of flash and if you if you're the sort that trade weights, uh, those issues uh, that were part of the button were not included in any trade paperbacks. That's right. Yeah. The only way to get those issues, if you didn't buy the single issues, was to get the button uh, deluxe hardcover. The button, yeah, man. And if you really wanted the, button. if you really wanted a nice little uh, uh, copy of that, you went to Central America or Spain and got it where the fucking button actually comes out of the cover. Yeah, that was badass. Yeah, man. But at least, uh, at least the North American version did have uh, the lin- and two different covers. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh-huh. the, uh, the standard uh, cover that switched from Batman to Flash, and then it had the international cover. It's true. Very true. Um, what else we got? Uh, we have uh, either Super Sons or Nightwing. Uh, we can delve into. 
Uh, which one? Oh, mi- shit. Yo. There's another one I completely forgot. I didn't even read this yet. Uh, the second issue of Sins of the Father came out. Dude, I fucking missed the first one, too, because did they, like, announce anything for this? Like, I feel like it just... It's just no. Yeah. They, they didn't say shit. Yeah, DC. The fuck? Like, I, I work... I work at a comic shop. Yeah. And I didn't even realize it was coming out until like we got our invoice the week. Oh. This is the this? this is the Telltale. It's based on the Telltale game, right? Yes. So Grandpa Batman's favorite uh line of okay. comics. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Game uh the Grandpa Batman game of the year edition uh should be forthcoming. And we covered the first uh the first one, right? Or did we not? Yeah, we did. We yeah, did. Yeah, we, we did. Uh I haven't read uh issue t- Two yet. Yeah. Okay, so definitely one. If you guys like, uh, yeah. If uh, if you didn't check out issue one yet, check it out and then check out this one. Exactly. Um, so that looks pretty cool. Um, Super Sons. The art looked fucking so good in this issue. The colors uh, were really good. Um, is it Tomasi that did? Yeah, it's Peter J. Tomasi that did the writing and the art. Um, God damn, it looked good. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with Super Sons, it's based. Uh, no, this was this was uh, the Tomasi was just the story on this. Oh, okay. Uh, the artist was uh, Carlo, Carlo Bar- Barberi. Excuse me, then. Yeah, I stand corrected. Um, looked fucking awesome, dude. The colors, the art. Um, I mean, I, I had seen Super Sons and I had been pulling it. I think it's because it was Tomasi's art um, that it really didn't like. I'm not saying that it's not great because I love his art. But it was so different this time around because I, I think I, I had been behind a couple issues. But um, the art in this was just like it fucking popped. It was popping. So um, if you guys aren't familiar with uh, Super uh, Sons. Uh, Hello? Hello. Yeah, sorry. Was I cutting in and out again? Nope, no. No, uh, when you said popping, I just said pop pop because of community. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of, uh, uh, what was I saying? Um, fucking, uh, yeah, Super Sons basically follows John, uh, the son of. Uh, Superman and Lois Lane and uh, Damien, um, son of Batman, of course, and Talia. And what's cool about this issue of the newest uh, run is that uh, Talia has been um, commissioned to assassinate Lois Lane. Um, So she comes to Gotham to... uh, Lois goes to Gotham for an interview, and so that's what brings... Go ahead. uh, Actually, it was initially when we saw Talia, it was in Metropolis. Oh, last issue? Because uh, Damien... Yeah, uh, because Damien had uh, started attending Jonathan's school, where right. Alfred was helicopter flying him uh, out of school <laughs> uh, every month. And that yeah. was where Talia first encountered them. Dude, that little bike that, uh, it's like a bike hoverboard that Damien yeah. has is sick as fuck. <laughs> I guess, like, you know, he we have a giant dragon dog thing to fly around yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, he was flying around on that uh, red version of... Exactly. What's cool about this issue is it, it it's the second part of bringing Talia um, to the... It's kind of bringing her back into the DC Universe a little bit. And it's kind of funny how he pokes fun at her because before she was supposed to be leading um, the uh, League of Assassins, but now she's actually doing the assassinations. So Damien even kind of mentions, he's like, what the fuck happened to you? Like, why are you all of a sudden doing the dirty work? Um, but uh, 
it's just kind of an excuse for, as she mentions, she wants to basically check up on Damien and see what influence yeah. Bruce is actually having. Because from what it sounds like is her motive is to get him to come back with her eventually. Um, which I yeah. think with Morrison, uh, when she first introduces Batman to Damien, she kind of mentions that. She's like, here, you live with him for a while. And you see, because he's supposed to be the heir of, you know, the League of Assassins. So she's just trying to get him to... Yeah, and the, the the point, yeah, the the point of taking him to to Bruce was okay. We taught you everything we can, you know. That you've learned everything you can from from me, from from Roz, and from the League. Now you're going to to go to your father, and you're going to finish your training with him. Yeah, and then you'll be ready to to take over the League. Yeah, because he's he's the perfect human specimen. So, you yeah. know, he, he has lots to, I mean, obviously the world's greatest detective. So, um, this issue was cool because not only was the art badass, but, um, it was funny to see kind of John play off not being Superman's kid or Lois Lane's son in the interactions that they had yeah. together. And, uh, also it was cool to see the interaction that obviously Damien cares a lot about John, which he has a hard time sharing or even admitting to it. Um, but he had his back pretty good in this issue, uh, especially with fucking Talia trying to take out his mom. Um, and it was cool to see the way they were able to use their powers. And even though, uh, e even though Damien, uh, it, does he still have like residual powers in this? I can't remember. Uh, no, da Damien's, uh, he's all powered back up. to normal. Okay. But with that fucking yeah. hoverboard, he's fast as shit on that thing. Um, so that was cool yep. to see. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's a shame that this uh, this runs coming to an end, and we still haven't gotten an answer as to where we're going to see these two in uh, the comics. Because um, obviously, if you follow along with DC Comics and and what's uh, getting canceled, the uh, Super Sons, it's not like getting a new creative team; it's straight getting canceled. And uh, Tomasi uh, reiterated online that it's not due to poor sales; it's just because there's bigger plans for those characters. Um, in a, I would assume, and like we assumed, were different titles. And you mentioned that you were hoping that you would see them pop up uh, in Detective Comics because Tynion was stepping down. And uh, yeah, that... yeah, it was at the same time that they announced uh, Super Sons was ending that they announced Tynion was coming off Detective. Yeah. Uh, when there was such a massive reaction to the news of Super Sons ending online, yeah, uh, Tomasi responded, yeah, like you said, and told everyone that. It's just the end of this book. Yeah. It's not the end of John and Damien. Yeah. So I was, uh, yeah, I was hoping that with Tynan coming off Detective that, well, maybe what was going to happen was Tomasi would take over Detective and sort of bring John and Damien into the, with it being a team book. Yeah. Um, which is not the case. So that, again, leaves yep. the question up in the air is where we're going to see these guys. And uh, also, uh, we were talking that we don't know where Tomasi's going to be, right? He hasn't announced. Uh, yeah, where in yeah, DC? Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen anything yet. So uh, the, um, the only thing uh, we know so far is that I was dead wrong on that uh, prediction. <laughs> Once again, that I don't know nothing. It's a good. It was a good uh, prediction. Though. I liked it, and I I was hoping it would happen yeah. too. Um, yeah, it was a it was a pipe dream. They've they've mentioned what books are getting canceled. They've announced new creative teams for Superman, Action Comics, with Bendis taking over both. Um, Snyder taking over Justice League, uh, new detective writer, um, Tom King is staying put for now with 
Tony Daniel taking over art. So the big books have kind of been announced, but um, there hasn't been much about uh, the smaller books. And, um, you know, uh, I don't think they've mentioned, uh, I can't remember if they've said what's going to happen with Teen Titans. Um, they haven't mentioned what's going to happen with a couple of the other books. Uh, they haven't announced anything like new, like no new titles yet, I don't think, except for the ones that we mentioned. Um, what I was also hoping was that Batman and the Signal or Duke would get something, um, but that's only a two or three issue mini, and it sounds like that's not really going to, I don't know, they haven't said if we're going to see him anywhere else, but I really like the issues that came out so far, uh, and the Signal really grew on me, and Duke Thomas really grew on me, um, and I fucking love the version of him in White Knight yeah. also. Um, so I like that character a lot now, a lot more yeah, than I thought it's I would. Really cool. That's a, that's another. Uh, yeah, that's a, a character I didn't uh, mention when we were talking about Scott's creations that uh, really took hold earlier. Oh shit, that's right. Uh, he brought in Duke in uh, in the New Fifty Two, and and now yeah, he's he's not only uh, continuing now during well, it's not even Rebirth anymore, but uh, also to have been uh, picked up and you know like have a. Ooh, dude. Hello? You Hello. just you went full Robocop for a second. <laughs> Thank you for cooperation. Yeah, man, fuck. They really don't want us to be crossing lines, uh crossing across enemy lines with all this Russian shit that's been happening in the news lately. <laughs> They're really yeah. making it hard to make communications with the international at the international level. But um but yeah, big big impact that Snyder has had across the whole face of the DC universe. No uh, surprise that they are now basically having him kind of be like a shot caller and helping develop new talent, new writing talent, as well as oversee uh, stories for uh, all the other um, titles under the banner of DC. So, um, I mean, the guy's got pretty cool big picture chops, so I don't think they're going to keep him from doing that. And it's, it's, just, it's just a good time to be a DC reader. Um, Especially when uh, Marvel Comics, like, who, man, it's fucking year, like, five. What the fuck are they doing over there? And I, I don't say that because we're a, a Batman or DC-heavy show. Um, I used to love pulling as many Marvel titles as I did DC, but um, the numbering system and the, the timeline is so fucked up over at Marvel that I've multiple times in the last, like, two or three years, I've tried to pull titles, and I just get so pissed that they, oh, we're going to fucking stop this title. Like, I pull a title, and it's like, oh, and next week we're canceling it. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, man, it was, and it's not that bad. Some of the stuff that, that I'm reading is not bad. It's just that, like, they just fucking don't finish it. They don't let the artists and the writers finish it, and it's just, like, it's upsetting. So, a DC has not done any of that shit. Yeah, and there, 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 was, there was the whole thing over at Marvel where they were changing characters for the longest time. You, Yeah. Uh... Jane Foster became Thor, and you know Riri Williams replaced uh, replaced Iron Man, and Sam Wilson uh, was Captain America, and Amadeus Cho was the Incredible Hulk, and on and on, and then you know, things Iron were Man. not going well, yeah. and then they they just okay, they announced Legacy, so, okay, we're bringing back to normal. You're gonna get Thor back, you're gonna get Iron Man back, you get Captain America back, you know everything's coming back. We're, we're putting everything back we're even fucking bringing we brought x-men back to comics and we're bringing wolverine back to life now yeah and it's again and then they announced another juggling in the numbering and now 
oh, there was this announcement that Peggy Carter is going to be Captain America. Holy shit. Uh, uh, just Cap- stop. Captain America uh, by way of working, working visa? Because um, she's British? Yes. <laughs> yep. Very Pinteresting. That's, that's my favorite part about it. I know. <laughs> Very Pinteresting, but... Yeah, I mean, I, the, uh, the job of Captain America, like he's a call center. Oh my god, I just, I, I really hope they get their shit together soon because I enjoy reading comics from both the big two, and uh, it's just a fucking shame when you can't enjoy. Like, I like, dude, I had the hardest time figuring out. I don't want, I don't want to read the Dan Slot stuff because I know his run's ending, and there's another one that I'm just gonna yeah. not be able. So I know like fucking four different Spider-Man comics. Chip Zdarsky's writing one of them. Uh, so I picked up a couple of those, which are pretty good. Um, but then they did like a, a special issue where they had like 50 different fucking writers on it. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Like, again, I don't know where this is going. Um, there's... They, they do have one thing going good for when slots run ends. I forget who the author taking over uh, after him is, but the artist that's coming over now that uh, Robert Kirkman has ended Invincible. Uh, Ryan Otley is oh, cool. going to be taking over art on Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, I could totally see him doing and, Spider-Man. And uh, if you don't know Ryan Otley, he's, yeah, Ryan Otley is fantastic. Uh, yeah. He hasn't done a lot of DC stuff. I think the last the last DC thing I remember him doing was when they did the monster variants. Uh. He did that zombie Flash cup where, like, you know, Flash had, you know, uh, he was like a super speed eating people. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Otley would be a very cool addition and, uh, get some people, uh, hopefully reading amazing again. Uh, like while, while amazing has been cracking the top 10, it's been getting smashed by books like Batman white Knight, which, oh, you know, for a non canon mini series out of continuity, written and drawn by a creator who's not known for Batman. Yeah. You know, to be outselling Amazing Spider-Man is... Mm, things are a bit fishy with Spider-Man these days. So Pretty nutty. Hopefully that'll help bring things back for them. Fuck. Well, all right. We went off, dude. We um, did. Yeah. Okay. I think that's good for now. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's good. Like, uh... Nightwing is also out. It's the end of this Judge arc, but and uh, that that arc, you know, really dwindled over the last couple of issues. It, it felt like it dragged too far. Nightwing. Yeah, Nightwing. It's good though because I read Nightwing. it. It was the first issue that I've read probably in like four or five issues, but I felt so caught up on it because of our recordings that I knew exactly what was going on. Nice, so nice. I didn't feel left out at all. So I actually, I actually enjoyed it. Um, wasn't bad, but uh, I love the CrossFit like, yeah, workouts. I, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my my only issue, like the art's great. The you know the I liked the story. I liked the new character they brought in. It just felt like this arc should have wrapped up like at least two issues ago. Oh man, it's so funny because like it mirrors. Like, I, I felt it, it dragged on a little too long. It mirrors the casino scene from uh, Last Jedi so perfectly. Then <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the, there's the whole uh, and so many casino tie in. There. Yeah. But, uh, all right, well, uh, yeah, man, we just went off uh, for an hour, almost an hour and a half on some uh, some of the new books, and um, uh, let's give a couple quick shout-outs to Falco Kick. Uh, Falco Kick's always hitting us up on Twitter and 
uh, on Instagram. Uh, give him a little chicken ball shout he loves, out. He loves some. He loves some Dandadio. Yeah, he keeps Dandadio spirit alive on this show. So I got to give a shout out to him. <laughs> um, shout out to Sean Risley. Uh again coming through big, letting us know about a uh, Jeff John signing. Um, is it in two weeks or next week? Next weekend. But uh, he just dropped some knowledge about Jeff John signing over by us. So uh, we're going to go check out a, a Jeff John's uh, signing at a, a comic shop called Earth 2 in Sherman Oaks. I used to live out there. Great little fucking shop. Um, great city, too. And uh, I think it's the same weekend as WonderCon on the Sunday, the 31st. Oh, man, I think it's two weeks away. But um, pumped, man. Don't get a lot of opp- opportunities to see Jeff John's. So that's going to be cool. We're going to talk to him about uh, everything. Oh that's yeah, going on. yeah. You you, t- you typically you typically only see Jeff Johns when you're at a red carpet premiere. Oh shit! Yeah. And we fucking say his name, and he magically appears. <laughs> Amazing, uh, man. But uh, yeah, so a uh, big shout out to him. Um, and hopefully, I fucking figure out what happened in the last episode, and we have that ready to go. If if everything <laughs> works out. That will come out before this one, and everyone would have heard Grandpa Batman's uh, uh, story about going to South by Southwest and the DC pop-up shop there. If not, we will hopefully have it up right after this, because I have to go to fucking Geek Squad and figure out how to uh, restore a file that I accidentally recorded over. Um, And if it's not up by then, if anyone knows how the fuck to do that, please hit me up on Instagram or Twitter and and help me out, because goddamn, man. Anyways... Um, yeah. Uh, Robin, you got a question you've got to ask somebody? Uh, where the fuck is the trunkler? I think he's, I think he's at Toys R Us. So, excuse, excused absence. But, uh, alright guys, thanks for listening to Power Force <laughs> Radio, and, uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Later.